Running is not canceled. Your goals are not canceled. Some of your races might be canceled, but the, the race, race is, is not canceled. canceled. Welcome everybody to the Race Record Quarterly Podcast. I am your race director, Tess me and Marshall. Starting this out to let you know that the race is not canceled. We are going to continue to plan and be optimistic that the race is happening October 1st through the 4th as scheduled. Uh, we certainly will be reevaluating that optimism throughout the spring and into the summer. But as of right now, say it again with me, y'all. The race is the not, race not, is not canceled. canceled. All right. So again, welcome. Um, again, my name's Tess Sobomihan Marshall. I'm your race director for the race and one of the founding partners for the race. And I'm joined today by our founding partners. So uh, we just want to kind of introduce ourselves to you uh, as well as tell you a little bit about what our quarantine life is looking like right now. I don't think we need to go into details about the status of the world right now. I think we're all going through it. You know, I am working from home. Um, my husband, he works from home every day. He actually works in the healthcare industry in the marketing department for his uh, job. So he's on the front lines of communication. So it's really interesting seeing kind of the work that he's doing. Um, as you, most of you know, I'm a race director. So this is definitely affecting me and uh, my business on a daily basis because all of our events have had to be either postponed or canceled um, through the spring. We haven't made any decisions on um, summer events yet, but the spring is definitely, um, postponed and or canceled and we're going to be announcing some cool little pivots um, to keep the, the running community engaged but in terms of just everyday livelihood getting really good at zoom getting really good at uh, webinars and web calls and conference calls keeping all of my partnerships really strong and, and just trying to continue to keep people um, motivated active connected and positive and I think most important to mention I'm healthy my family is healthy uh, I have one family member, unfortunately, that has passed um, from the COVID-19, complications from COVID-19, um, kind of a distant cousin in um, the Chicago area. So that was really tough. Uh, we dealt with that last week, but I'm very blessed that my family and my immediate family, we're all doing well, sheltering in place, doing all the things that we need to do to get through this. So Booker, how how things going for you? Um, I want to start out by saying I'm, I'm well, my family is well and healthy and my um, extended family so far uh, is doing well. My parents are both in their 80s. So that's, you know, one of my main concerns back in Virginia. And so my sisters and I have been doing everything we can to keep them uh, sheltering in place and sending them groceries and foods via all of the great um, Uber Eats and Instacarts and all of that type of stuff. Um, I'm still working from home. Um, still uh creating my lectures and stuff, stuff online and my uh my wife is doing well my son i'm really proud of my son i have a 23 year old son that's still home who has a girlfriend that he hasn't seen well she actually came into the yard yesterday and we let him see her through the storm <laughs> but he hasn't actually been able to have any contact with his girlfriend in five weeks. he hasn't left the house in five weeks um so we we went into the shelter in place long before it was a um, officially put in place by the governor here in Georgia. Um, outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm adjusting to the social distancing. Um, 
uh, I'm starting to like it a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure I'm ever going back to a grocery store. Um, Instacart has been the bomb. Uh, I don't, do they still, do people still say that? Anyway, Instacart's been great. Uh, I order my groceries, they're here in less than an hour, hour and a half at the most. And I, before all of this started, one of my pet, I hate going to the grocery store. Um, so, so far, so good with that. Um, and we're just waking up every day. I think the, the, the craziest thing is my sleep schedule. I, I stay up really late and then I wake up really early and I can't figure out how to go to sleep and, or stay asleep. It's bothering me a little bit. But other than that, we're well and happy to say that. Uh, quarantine life for me is, is going well. We, we're fully adjusted. I'm working from home. Um, both of my boys have transitioned to Google Classroom uh, for their school assignments. So that was a little bit of a learning curve in the beginning because we just had like a, a lot of bandwidth needs and we only have so many devices in the house. And we have four people that needed to be on devices at any given time. My wife is a part-time teacher, so she's delivering content online. The boys are trying to receive content online, and I'm trying to work. Um, but we've kind of got a schedule ironed out. We all move around the house. Um, I realized that moving around the house helps a lot. You know, just I start my day in one room, say I'm in the office. Then after a couple hours, I move to the living room or the kitchen just to see different parts of the house, keep all the windows open. and. Um, I guess unlike book, we, I'm still going outside pretty much every day, um, but it's just, I'm social distancing from everyone outside of my house. So, you know, me, my wife, and my two boys, we go out pretty much every afternoon when we're done with work and school, and we go, you know, we either walk around uh, the subdivision, we'll play soccer. Today, you know, we went out and just played catch through the baseball around a little bit um, just to get outside. Other than that, we've been focusing on keeping our schedule the same. So, like, I still, you know, before I used to get up and run before work, I still do the same thing. I'm just doing it on the treadmill now. So, I still get up, run before I start my, my day. I try to get dressed every day, um, try to avoid the whole staying in the pajamas all day thing. And um, other than that, we're doing good. Everybody's healthy. Uh, you know, I had a couple of people um, within my relatively close circle that contracted COVID-19, but no one, um, no one in my family and certainly no one in my immediate family. So we're grateful and thankful for that. And other than that, we're maintaining. Um, so I don't know how long this thing is gonna last. So we, we're just, we're really rolling. And the thing that I'm most proud about is that we're all getting along. That was honestly, you know, just to keep it real, that was my biggest concern. Like, man, like all of us being in the house for weeks at a time on top of each other. But man, it's, it's been smooth. I, I think we all respect in each other's space. So even though we're all in the same house, we're not constantly on top of each other. So yeah, we're good. Yeah, and I, I've been saying a lot, like this whole thing is testing your relationship, whether you're married or you know, roommates, whatever it may be. And I'm proud to say as well that me and Malik still really like each other, so. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, social distancing, social distancing. Uh, life in quarantine is very different. Um, but I, like Darrell, like to get up and have a routine. That staying in the pajamas thing will kill your mind. So get up early, uh, get a run in, uh, either on my treadmill, sometimes outside, get a little stationary bike thing going on, just get the juices going to the brain and a little endorphin rush. And, uh, and my day usually goes pretty well with that. I am at home. I'm uh, 
learning new skills, learning how to work from home, which is very different in, in my occupation. But yeah, you can teach an old dog new tricks, no problem there. So thankfully, my family, my immediate family as well, uh, the person I share the most concern about is my daughter who lives in New York, who's in the epicenter of things. But thankfully, she's doing well and keeping her head together in, in the midst of it all. So really thankful overall. I do know some good folks that have passed away personally. Uh, they weren't immediate family members, but I share the pain of the folks that were close to them. So this thing is real, and uh, we've got to hunker down everybody, and uh, it will get better in time. All right. Thanks for sharing and definitely prayers to your, your family up in New York and just all around the nation. How, I mean, all of us, do we have fam, everyone have family kind of around the, the country that they're checking in with more often now? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Oh, yes. Um, just like everyone else, just trying to um, have a routine each day, try to get up early, try to get things going. Um, like Tess, I still try to go out. The only time I go out is just for a run, just to get out the house. Um, and then, like I said, I'll do some workouts, you know, still trying to do some work here online and just just trying to stay sane. Um, just the other day, it's just funny how we adapt to things so quickly. Uh, my, my mother and her eight siblings decided to have church on Easter Sunday through Zoom. <laughs> So it was, it's just amazing that, and they're, you know, they're all so much older. So it was just amazing just to see them all adapt so quickly to the technology and things like that. But yeah, but everyone's doing well, immediate, extended family. We're all doing well. Did, did somebody deliver a powerful word on Easter Sunday? Uh, I, my uncle, he delivered a powerful word. My grandmother, poor thing. She did a hymn. Uh, it, it was just, <laughs> it was awesome to see, but also it was kind of funny at the same time, but you should have recorded that one. We could have made that a viral. Talk at the same time, so it was like womp 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 womp. You couldn't hear nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody catch the Holy Ghost during the Zoom call? No, no. But it was some tears. It wasn't the Holy Ghost, but there were some tears. No, no that's beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, I think you know a big. Uh, Takeaway from this whole time, and I did some, some, somewhat the same. Like, had some communication with some family members, um, and I think if one thing great that comes out of this is that it forces you to kind of be more connected with your family and friends afar. Then you know that can be a good thing that we can take away from this. Yeah. Can I ask, can I ask Darrell a quick question, um, Darrell? So, are you doing all of your runs on the treadmill now? Yeah, um, except for. Um, like if my, I'll run, I'll run with my wife and kids. Okay. Uh, but yeah, all of your training my, type run. Real runs. Yeah. All of them on the treadmill. And yeah. it's not that I'm against running outside. I just, I don't know. It's just, it feels like something extra to think about. Like when I'm with my, um, my wife and kids, we just running like close to the house. But I know if I got on my own, I'm going for whatever. Let's just say a 15 mile run. I just gotta think about all the places I'm going and right. who else it. is crossing this path. I'm doing the same thing. Honest, I, you do. I mean, I may go out for a three to five mile run, and that whole time, I, and I'm thinking like, okay, here comes someone, so let me get over. Here comes somebody right. else. Hold right. on, let right. me go way across the street. So it is right. a lot that you do right. have to think about when you do go out for those runs. Yeah. I get up early. It's not been a problem the times that I've been out, except for when I came across a, a mean dog in the you know the neighborhood, but. Uh, people have been respectful. We get on the opposite side of the street, and uh, 
I, I keep fairly close to home, except going a little bit longer. And um, I do some repeats so I can get eight or nine miles sometimes. But uh, it's been okay being outside. Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, but definitely they encourage off peak times. Those are, like you said, early morning. Those are been those are ideal times where you don't have to wear out people on the streets and things like that. So off peak, definitely. And is everyone pretty much running solo when you're doing your your runs? Solo. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm on the treadmill like Darrell right now. The treadmill and Netflix has been my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and now I know Darrell. You mentioned that you've been using um, Zwift. Was that you that talked about? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know I mean, Zwift had a running okay. on it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for y'all that don't know about Zwift, it's kind of it's, I think it's, it it really blew up with cyclists, but they added um, mm -hmm. a running component, which is not quite as robust as the cycling component. But basically, you know, like you could as you run on the treadmill, you have an avatar in a virtual environment that's running at the pace that you're running on the treadmill. And every other avatar that you see is another real person, either a cyclist or a runner. And you're going through mapped out cities. Like they have Richmond, London, New York. Um, they have their own city that they call Watopia. So it's just pretty cool because if you, like I'll um, have it on my, I have a, you know, like the TV in front of the treadmill. You know, in a way you can kind of, you can sort of trick yourself into thinking that you're actually running because you know Absolutely. you're looking at this tv screen you're seeing this avatar that's adjusting with you and it's just cool knowing that every other person i pass is a real person somewhere else in the world yeah that's pretty neat i'm gonna have to try, check that out try it out next week and it's yeah, free, it's free for runners cyclists um you have to pay i think ralph probably knows better than me it's like i think it's 15 bucks a month yeah yeah you gotta pay if you're a cyclist um but I'm a tightwad, so I'm like you. I do the free thing. <laughs> so, so Darrell, do you have to have a piece of hardware that tracks your movement? How does the avatar know your pace? How yeah, so if you have one of the newer Garmin's, it'll connect to your Garmin. So like if you have a 245 or a 945, otherwise you have to have a, a running part, like a foot part, running part, yeah. and that's where it picks up your pace and or heart rate from. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we are definitely not at a lack of virtual opportunities. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but there's so many ways to stay connected by yourself and still feel connected with other people. So good to see that our founding partners are doing a great job with that. And, um, you know, we have, we've had our first meeting for the race uh, planning team. We had our first meeting a couple of weeks ago, and I'm gonna tell you, it was so beautiful just to get everybody together. For those of you that follow us on our social media, actually, I haven't posted that on the race social media. I'm on my first page. Uh, but we have about 28 people on our team. And we had almost perfect attendance. So I think they sent a, a clear message that they like these virtual meetings. Um, not that we, we have problems, too much problems with attendance during the, during the year. We typically meet once a month, March through October. And um, everybody was really excited to kind of get the planning and everything going for the race 2020. So Shanta, um, give us a little update of kind of where we are as of today. We're recording this on Zoom. This is April 15th. So depending on when you listen, these are, these are the updates as of April 15th, 2020 for the race 2020. Yeah, um, as of today, um, in terms of registrations, we are at 1,308 registrations. Jeez. So, I mean, we are super grateful for the early support of our the race community. Um, 
in terms of top 10 states and cities, um, Georgia is number one, followed by North Carolina, Illinois, Texas, Maryland, New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, South Carolina, and uh, our honorable mentions with 30 plus or more participants in their group, Florida, California, and Tennessee. Um, in terms of cities, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Raleigh, Brooklyn, Charlotte, um, Baltimore, Houston, Southfield, um, and Detroit are our uh, and Little Rock are our top represented cities. Um, in terms of groups and teams, um, we have over 50 groups and teams set up and we appreciate those leaders who are pumping up the race and bringing their crews to Atlanta to celebrate with us. Um, a few to mention who have shown major support with huge teams registered so far. We have um, BGR, uh, Black Chicago Runners, uh, MRDS, uh, Run DST Crimson Team. Uh, we have the Reggae Runners, Black Distant Runners of the Carolinas, and Black Runners Connection. Um, we're gonna really quickly go through some of the questions that some of you might have um, regarding the race and the future of the race. But again, the race is not canceled. We are not canceled. Not canceled. We are proceeding uh, with optimism. Um, and our scheduled dates are October 1st through the 4th. And those of you who haven't listened to the first episode of the Race Record Quarterly Podcast, we went through a whole schedule, the lineup, our plans for 2020. We have a really awesome race plan for you. But we want to kind of go through some, any concerns that you might have. All this information is on the raceuc.com website. Um, but just real quick, we're just going to go through um, some of the common questions that you might have. What if the race is forced to be canceled? So if the race is forced to be canceled, um, we're going to be, again, reevaluating the stance right around that June, July timeframe. If the race is forced to be canceled before July 1st, we will certainly communicate with all the participants who are registered and we will be able to offer a partial refund or a deferment. If the race is forced to be canceled after July 1st or any of those months leading up to the race, then we will communicate again with the participants directly that are registered and there'll be some sort of scaled refund, partial refund and deferment option. So that's what we're looking at. But again, I can't emphasize enough. We're proceeding with optimism. Um, there, there's nothing as of April 15th to, to make us feel or think that we won't be able to proceed with our race. You know, we have very good relationships with the city of Atlanta permitting. Um, of course, you guys know we have Atlanta Track Club and various other race series here in the Atlanta area that will be kind of leading the way on how we proceed from this date from this time um, on, on large scale events as, as most of your cities do. So we're really optimistic that the race is gonna happen as scheduled. So what if another race that I'm scheduled for reschedules to the same weekend as the race? So we know this has happened. Uh, we know there are a couple of uh, big events that have rescheduled from the spring to the fall and some of those have landed on the same weekend as the race so if you have a, a race that reschedules to our date and you choose to participate in that alternative event you'll have the option to either request your packet to be mailed to you and it's your registration you can keep the packet you get your shirt your medal uh, we'll put together a nice little swag bag for you and ship that to you 
Um, but you also have the opportunity to transfer your registration. Our transfer process is very simple in terms of you go into your registration confirmation, you click the link that says transfer to someone else. You do have to have somebody to transfer it to. It's not just like a floating transfer. Um, but once you find someone that is interested in participating and they want to take your registration, you just transfer it to them. You'll be refunded what you paid. That new person will be charged the current rate. So if you were one of our folks that registered during Black Friday, you got that really good deal. The new person isn't going to get that deal. They're going to get the current registration rate. But the good news is the registration doesn't go up again until August 1st. So we have a good amount of time uh, for transfers at the best rate possible. So again, all of this is on our, our um, website and we've, we've communicated this via email, but if you have any questions on that, you can certainly reach out to, to us at info at the race UC. If the race is forced to be canceled, will it convert to a virtual postponed to another day? All right, so this is a tough one because we really don't have an answer for this situation. And again, we're choosing to proceed with optimism. We'll reevaluate that optimism mid-July, sometime in the, um, sorry, mid-June, sometime before July 1st. Um, you know, the race is meant to be experienced in person. And that is, that is the, how we plan. We were planning for a full weekend of experience. So, you know, don't really have an answer for that question right now, but we will do what is in the best interest of our running community when we, when we cross that bridge. So that's the, that's the general answer to that question right now. Um, I can definitely say with confidence, we won't postpone the race to a, um, another date because we're already in late fall and nobody wants to come to Atlanta and run in January or February. So we're not going to do that to y'all. <laughs> so, um, Let's just cross that bridge when we get to it. Okay. Um, due to the state of state of affairs of the world, if I no longer feel comfortable having October 1st through the 4th committed to a race weekend, is there anything I can do to get out of this commitment? So um, first of all, I just want to thank all of our race uh, and supporters. You guys have been super awesome. I know when a lot of these cancellations and postponements started, there was a lot of uproar in the running community about how races were handling their um, communication. But you guys have been awesome. I've gotten maybe three emails from people asking, hey, is the race gonna be canceled? And I, I, I just respond with the general statement, we are good to go. Um, so please just communicate with us. If you're having any struggles, email us at info at the race you see. Um, a lot of people send us messages through our Facebook and Instagram. Email is definitely the best way. And we will will handle your situation on a case by case. I know there's um, a lot of situations going on out there. And, you know, we want everybody to feel really good about supporting the race with their registration fees. So just send us an email and we'll take care of you. All right. So with all of those who've been training all summer long or all, you know, for their fall races, um, I know some are concerned about their training for fall races. Any suggestions? So we just encourage everybody, like we just, we're kind of having a conversation just stay active during this time. Um, uh, all of our founding partners, we're all runners um, at different levels, at different interests, at different quantities of miles. So stay connected. We'll talk a little bit later about what some of the groups in our network are doing to keep everybody motivated and active. But 
you'll be hard pressed not to find some way to stay connected to the running community during this time. So, you know, if you're not on social media, um, get on somebody's email list. You know, you can be on, get on the race email list. You're already on the re race email list, hopefully. Um, running Nerds, our general email list, we send out some good content. But um, get a coach. Like running coaches are businesses, so they need clients right now. So get a running coach and have them, have them guide you through this time. Um, but, you know, just stay connected. That's the ultimate, um, the ultimate advice for everyone stay connected so but again thank you shanta for asking those tough questions uh if you have any other questions again this is april 15th that we're talking to you just send us a message and we are happy to hear from all of our racer community we're staying very engaged on social media and love love to hear from everybody all right so Moving along, we talked about, you know, kind of our current state of affairs, but, you know, we had a pretty good first three, first two months of the year, if I do say so. I mean, things were, were shaping up really nicely, and part of that was our huge lead up to the Olympic trials weekend. So we all kind of had a great experience, uh, but Darrell's going to kind of lead us in a discussion and recapping our Olympic trials weekend that we had at the end of February here in Atlanta. Yeah, it's funny, we were just saying, uh, right before we started recording, how that just, it feels like that was so long ago. And um, I remember like, during the trials weekend, I, I'd never considered the fact that this might be our last grand uh, running event before we would uh, head into this lockdown situation. Um, but with that being the case, I mean, it, it's my opinion, and, and certainly I saw it in, in the media afterwards that this was, it was just an amazing event. Um, it was one of the best, I don't know, I've heard some people argue perhaps the best Olympic trials um, qualifier marathon ever. Um, and I think it's important that we frame it as a full experience because it wasn't even just the race. I mean, the entire weekend, uh, the way everything was laid out, the close proximity of everything. You know, the hotel was close to all of the events, which was close to the uh, starting line. So, you know, I just remember, um, I think most of us, yeah, pretty much all of us on this board volunteered at some portion of it. Um, and I was there, uh, I know Tess and Shane with Tess and Shanta, pretty much every single day leading up to it. And just the atmosphere of seeing like all of these athletes taking over downtown, just walking by some of, you know, your, our favorite runners and just the, the environment, the weather, everything was just really exciting. So if that is, you know, if that was going to be the last event before this lockdown, I, I'd say Atlanta nailed it. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. It was just, ep you know, the word epic got really overused for a while, but this event brought the word epic back to life. There was no other way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Tess, kudos to you for, um, you know, one of the, I, I just mentioned all of the events, but one of the events that uh, we had was the race meet and greet. And uh, for, for those of you that, that weren't able to attend, you know, Tess had this idea of getting together, you know, as many of the uh, black, uh, Olympic trials qualifiers as we could into like a smaller venue so that it could be a place where like all of the local runners and runners that came into town that we could like touch and communicate with in a more intimate setting uh, with these really high level athletes. And I remember when 
I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm going to be all the way honest. When you first mentioned the idea, I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like, I'll, I'll send out messages. But, like, I literally had very low ex- a very low expectation for turnout. I thought to myself, man, these people are coming in from out of town to run this, you know, once every four-year event. There's no way they're going to want to just, like, hang out with a bunch of, you know, just regular, regular runners. But, man, it was amazing the turnout that we had. You know, we had – uh, Peyton showed up, Nathan, Brandon, uh, Darrell, all these people from uh, around the world. And most and most importantly, we had the winner of the women's exactly. uh, marathon uh, show up with Alfie. And who would have guessed that I, I can remember you interviewing her and her saying like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming to try to win. And she was right there and we were able, she was so cool. All of them were so down to earth. I don't want to dominate this whole conversation. I, I, oh, that's when you guys see what you think, but it, that was amazing. So kudos to you, Tess, for seeing a vision that if I'm quite honest, I did not see it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I tell you, my, my stalker skills are really good in terms of <laughs> tracking down all the athletes. But no, for real, you know, I basically utilized, um, Atlanta Track Club put out the media guide that had all of the athletes, IG and Facebook information. So I basically just went on every one of their IGs. I, f- I found them through the race um, IG and messaged them. And uh, honestly, we got, we had uh, four athletes that showed up to our meet and greet, but I got responses from, I would say, um, probably like- yeah, five show up. Five, we had five show up, that's right. And um, I got responses from, I would say over half of them. There's a good list of, um, athletes but it was like every time somebody would write me back I would like send Darrell a screenshot and text him like hey so and so back I think I think uh, I was trying to impress you Darrell I ain't gonna lie because I, I kind of have a feeling you thought I was a little off with this whole idea but uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were on I, I thought it was a great idea but I thought there's no way this is gonna happen yeah. she could feel your side up oh who's there get in the venue like trying to get the venue together and shout out to Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. They have this shell space that hasn't even been built out yet. And I was like, I want to host this event. I'm going to invite all these marathoners and runners. Can we use this space? And I think I caught them at a moment of weakness where they didn't know who to say yes or no to. And so we just got the space. <laughs> um, but it was great. And we had about 50 um, Atlanta running community members show up and really just love on these athletes. I mean, they were great. For those of you who haven't seen the, the photo gallery, we have it on our Facebook page. But I mean, like Peyton was the, the funniest. Like she was like literally like, why are all these people so excited to see me? <laughs> but then like just hearing her story talking about how she went from like, what was her first marathon? Is that right? She yeah, she qualified about, on her first, first marathon. She ran a 242, I believe. Um, yeah, so that was amazing. So how what was everyone's experience that weekend? Like, where were you? Did you watch the race on TV? Were you out there? And like, what was it like for you watching the race? Let me chime in. I, I My office, like literally my building that I work in has the best view for the race. They come right up beside um, the Creative Media Industries Institute at Georgia State. And my plan was to go to my office into my building and be right outside or either watch from inside the building because it's got this huge glass window and I couldn't get downtown I couldn't get to my parking deck like I literally was stuck in traffic and couldn't move I I probably should have gotten there a lot earlier I thought I was getting there early but I I could I missed it all like 
I saw the flame that they, they lit the um, Olympic flame from 1996. I, I was able to see that. But by the time I tried to get to my parking deck or over by my office, they kept rerouting traffic and rerouting traffic. And then we just decided to go to the grocery store. Um, but I was excited to see. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. I, I, it was nothing. Was, you went to was, the grocery store? <laughs> I couldn't get there. Darrell was I like, yeah. No, it was, we decided to go to a restaurant and catch it on the television. No, it was the contingency plan because we were going to the grocery store after that anyway. <laughs> but when I got frustrated, I, I literally for about an hour and a half, I was trying to get somewhere where I could, you know, see it. And I, I just couldn't. So I was like, okay, we're going to Whole Foods. <laughs> That's depressing, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's life. <laughs> I missed it. I was out of town. I came in for the public's half, so I'm excited about that, and that was wonderful. We'll get to that later, but I missed it. Mm. You missed it? Tess, can you turn off his mic, please? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was out there. I was also um, a crew chief for Atlanta Track Club for the event. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just awesome. Um, I mean, I can't even put it into words just how the atmosphere, how it was. You know, it was really nostalgic just being in something that we probably would never experience again in our lifetime. Right. So it was just really, really an awesome, um, <laughs> well put together event. Kudos to Atlanta Track Club for all the hard work and everything that they did to make it, you know, to make it one of the best. If this is coming from the athletes, one of the best well-organized events from picking up their their bibs to dropping off their hydration to to everything. So they really, really went all out for this. So it was really awesome. And I was very fortunate to be a part of it, so. Hey, hey Darrell, the crazy part of my story is that I, there was no traffic all the way up until one block away from my parking deck. And, and the traffic was moving. And at that moment, the police blocked off that street. I could literally see my parking deck. And then they directed us, go this way, and you can, I said, okay, I'll go open it. And it just went off to hell from there. Wait, you couldn't have parked one block away and walked over to watch the race? It wasn't, you couldn't park anywhere. Mic off too. No, you had to go grocery shopping. You literally couldn't park on, all the parking on the street was gone at that point. I was, I'm downtown. There was no street parking because people had already done that. But I have a park. I'm, my work downtown, so I'm going to my parking. You're a runner. You, you showed them your work badge, man. Yeah, it didn't work, Darrell. You should have pulled out that Panther card. <laughs> that Panther card it has its privileges, but not with that day. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's dope, man. I spent the most of the day. So I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate that this is my first year on the board of the Atlanta Track Club because I got to use all of my privileges. So for the whole weekend, I had um, an all-access pass which basically just allowed me to go anywhere I wanted to go. So, you know, before the race, I was able to be there at the tunnel, like where all of the um, athletes were coming out. Um, then we were right across the other side of the finish line to see these athletes finish. Um, so it was just great uh, getting to see them cross the finish line and then look for and embrace their family and friends and supporters and all of that. And it was really cool meeting all of the African-American athletes that we met at the meet and greet because I was able to see all of them, you know, when they finished and, and it felt a bit more personal. Like, man, I feel like I know these people now. Like, this is my friend <laughs> coming across the finish line. So it was a great experience. It was, it was super windy. 
Yeah. Uh, that was like one of the things I remember the most. Like, I it was so windy. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was great. It was great. What about you, Tess? Yeah, and um, there was definitely no lack of opinions from the athletes about our hills. So Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. So for those uh, racers out there, when you guys complain about our our hills on the race course, those Olympians got the or Olympic hopefuls, I should say, got got a full dose. And it was a three loop course, so every hill that you saw, you had to see it three times. I think they said the last loop that they added two miles to the last loop, and that was probably like the worst part of it. But they did finish on a downhill though, so that was yeah. it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just, you know, shout out to Alephine and Sally Kipiego. And, um, I mean, they – Sally was, like, kind of, like, the dark horse. Like, she was kind of always in the mix the whole time. But Alephine and uh, Molly, uh, they ruled that race the whole time. Like, it was so amazing to see. We were at – Shanta and I were both at, um, what was it, 6, four, six 14, and whatever the next number is, 22, something like that. And so we got to see – you know, the progression of who was taking the lead. And they were in command by the time they crossed us at the 22-mile mark. So it was just a great race. I've never re-watched a marathon so many times. I think I've watched it maybe four times, the, the broadcast. Yeah. It was an exciting race to yeah, watch. You know, if so. you start getting down in the dumps on this whole, you know, uh, races being canceled thing, just go back and watch the Olympic trials. That'll give you a little, little motivation. So. For sure, for sure. Um, crowds were nuts. Crowds were nuts. There were so many people out there. Yeah. I think our 200,000 was the final, like, official number. Sounds of, about right. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, people came out, people who were runners, non-runners. Um, I mean, the kudos, too, to the route, because they picked a route where, like, you could just get, like, random folks that would come out and be like, oh, what's going on? And they would stay right. and watch the race, too. Yeah. It was, a real, it was a real good show for the city. And then – Right after the trials, you know, we had the Publix Atlanta Marathon the very next day, and it carried the same exact energy. Um, in fact, all of the winners of the uh, Olympic Trials Marathon, except for Galen Ruff, I know he had to catch a flight, but everybody else came and started the Publix Atlanta uh, half and full marathon on the next day. I thought that was, that was really cool. I got to take a picture with Alephine at the start. I was very excited about that. Nice. <laughs> you can see the photo on my um, Running Nerd Instagram page, so go check it out. Um, yeah, that was great. So, Ralph, what was your – you said you, you got in there for public. What was your, your public – Yeah, I was out of town, uh, feet propped up on an island, so you don't have to cry about me. But I rolled in for the Publix and uh, had a great time. It's a hilly race, so, so don't complain about the race. The Publix is more hilly than that, but – a perfect day and just a wonderful experience in and of itself. I didn't know it would be my last uh, race too. So I'm thankful that I did it. I debated about it, but I uh, have no regrets. It was wonderful, wonderful experience. And I got to hang out with all my peeps like Tess and everybody else from the race the day after and watching the finish line and just cheering people in. So it was a cool experience. Yeah. I really like how they had the, um, the post race set up this year with the VIP and all the groups. Yeah. But those people that did um, Publix, the team take down Publix year, they kind of had us in a, a area, a group tent area, which was away from the finish line. But this year they put us right on the finish line. It was really cool to be able to just sit there and watch people finish. And 
you know, we had our, our spirits, we had our all the, you know, snacks and everything, and people could just come over as soon as they crossed the finish line, just come over, mingle for a bit before they headed, headed out for the rest of their day. So I, I really like how Atlanta Track Club set that up this year. Yeah, the club, they were really um, intentional about making sure that the public Atlanta half and full marathon got its due as well. So, so they didn't want it to, to feel like a, just a carryover from the Olympic trials qualifier. So as soon as the trials were done, all the signage was flipped, you know, a new uh, start line erected so that people that were running the publics felt like they had their own race too. Um, and I think they really succeeded in that, especially having to turn around um, Centennial Park that quickly. Um, I, I think they, they, they did a great job. I agree with you. Yeah, one of our team members, David Henry, he was on that team. He called, they said they called him the flip squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole crew dedicated to flipping uh, from trials to publics. So. We had amazing weather uh, for that as well. I paced the, um, I paced the marathon on that Sunday. And um, the weather was just amazing. I, it was so exciting. This is my second year pacing. Um, last year, I didn't. We didn't have anyone finish with us. You know, everyone dropped off. You know, by about mile 23 or 24. But this year, um, we had like a good three or four people that were able to hang in there with us. And just to see them accomplish their goal, you know, we brought them all in um, about 30 seconds under their goal time. And it was so excited and just, it was really great seeing, um, coming right off of watching professionals, being able to see firsthand, you know, recreational runners really pushing it to their limit and then, um, and reaching their goals. I, I was really happy about that. Kudos on that, bro. That's fun. Yeah. I did the half and my goal was to beat Alephine's marathon time in my half and I accomplished that goal. So I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Nice work. I didn't beat Galen's marathon time, though, so I still have some work to do. <laughs> There's always next time. Yeah, and you know, we joked in the last uh, podcast about Publix being kind of up for grabs. So what was the final time for the winners of the, the full? The winner of the women's race was Caitlin Wood. She ran 259.57. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Wood, 259.57. And uh, the winner of the men's race was Benjamin Kopecki. He ran 229.43. So those are definitely times that, you know, I think you were right on that. Yeah. Somebody could have came in and, and, and swooped that if they wanted to. So, yeah, yeah. but, and then just to recap, Alephine was 226 and Galen was 209. Is that right? Oh, got to talk about Gail. Yeah, ran her first half. Yeah. And Meb paced the half. Yes. So we, we did get some contact with Meb and Gail. Gail Devers, as you all know, is, um, was it three-time gold medalist, a four-time gold medalist in track and field. And she was on a panel during the Publix, uh, sorry, the Atlanta Marathon Weekend um, Expo. And her she was so awesome, just talking about training for this half marathon. She had never ran more than like 101 meters was like too long like she had all these jokes about how like she never imagined running more than what she had to to be a sprinter but she crushed it i think she said she ran like a 152 or something like that uh, that's strong, that's strong. Half. 
and she was super cute. She came over to our area after the race and was kind of just talking with us. And she was showing us her splits on, uh, on uh, I think she's not, she wasn't using Strava, maybe like the Nike app. And just asking us, she's like, I think I went out too fast. So like typical runner stuff. So I think she's like definitely a convert. We got, we got another uh, distance runner under our belt. Okay, okay. And all kinds of people were going up to her, asking her if she was going to run the race. So she knows about the race. She knows it's there. I don't know if we can convince her to come out and do another half <laughs> on these hills, but we might be able to get her out for the 5K. So. Well, you set the bar high now, Tessa. Yeah. All right, so Publix, Atlanta, Marathon, Olympic Trials Weekend was awesome. That's the moral of the story. Something we can reflect on and be extremely proud that we were a part of. Well, I think one thing worth mentioning is in the running community, we're all concerned about this uh, big bear. Things in the health uh, field that I'm in is that it does, in fact, disproportionately affect African-Americans. And there's a bunch of reasons why that might be so. Uh, first of all, we tend to have more what we call comorbid conditions, lots of other medical conditions that coexist at the same time, diabetes, high blood pressure, lung disease. Uh, we are often working on the front line, so we're more exposed. So we are the people working in the grocery store. We're also doctors, we're also nurses, and we're also housekeeping. So our exposure level is greater. We're not always able to shelter at home. Uh, not all of the jobs have provided all of the protective equipment that one needs to reduce our exposure. So I think we have a little bit of an advantage because we're health conscious uh, group of people. So our runners tend to have fewer medical problems. We are not necessarily younger, but we are generally a little fitter. Uh, but we can't have a, an overly self-competent point of view about it. So we've got to take our protections and we've got to, and we'll talk about that as we go on, maybe uh, be super careful when we're running outside and, and running outside of our treadmill and, and um, making sure that uh, we're doing our proper social distancing. In fact, social distancing should be even probably way more than six feet. But um, that's, that's important to, to point out. And um, also, I'm also proud to say that not only the race, but organizations from way back have been concerned about not only our personal health, but the health of the African-American running community. And uh, I'm proud to be a member of the South Fulton Running Club, for example. South Fulton Running Partners have been around since 1979. The reason they got together in the first place was to improve their own health, their own physical health and their own mental health. So it got to be an organization that um, served multiple purposes. So I think we have to continue to promote health in the community, uh, continue to promote, promote um, folks doing the right thing and not feeling overconfident at the same time. So um, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, the health community has changed too. I'm a part of that. And uh, we've learned to do telehealthing and, uh, or telemedicine. So that's something I personally have learned recently. And I'm happy that it is not a perfect substitute, but it's the only one we have to be able to interface with our people that need help that need advice, that need reassurance, and sometimes need a kick to go get some more health, um, go get some more uh, care at the emergency room, for example. So I think we've got to 
keep doing that. And I think that's going to be here to stay as long as there is a viable economic structure that makes that available to patients. So I'm happy that that's here. I'm happy I'm learning new things. So that's pretty cool. What What is that looking like for you, Ralph? So like, how, how does it compare to someone who would have come to you to do a consultation? I know elective surgeries have been pretty much suspended across the nation, but what right. is telehealth looking like? And, and are you finding that you have to educate people on what that is and how to take, take advantage? I think um, it's easier for people uh, who are millennials. It is much harder for my older patients who are not familiar with Zoom. So basically it's a, a secure platform like Zoom or other things that we're able to interface. And uh, there's still a telephone method for people that don't have a laptop, don't have a smartphone, uh, but do need to connect. So that can happen and, and ways of having an extended visit with them, uh, being able to review all of their, uh, their previous medical history, which is relevant to the present by logging into our own records electronically with patients and uh, spending that extra time that they need, almost like a real visit, not quite, you can't examine anybody. Um, so I think it's helpful. It's not going to reach as well to some of the older people that really need it, but it will reach them, it will reach many. So I think it's, it's a good thing overall and um, I, I appreciate <coughs> the opportunity to be involved with it. Still no substitute. Emergencies are still emergencies, right? lump in their liver or not. Yeah, emergencies are still emergencies. If someone has an emergency in whatever medical realm, they can still get help, right? Yes, you've got to use your uh, common sense. If you're having a heart attack, it doesn't matter whether you have risk to go to the emergency room or not. It's better not to die at home. So you go to the emergency room. They are there for you. Yeah. And they will always be there for you. So... Uh, we're just advising people that have minor illnesses to not do that and to telehealth with their doc. You know, I remember going to the South Fulton Running Partners 40th anniversary celebration and, you know, Booker, I think you kind of took the lead on putting that documentary together. Pretty much <laughs> everyone's story led with, I knew I had to do something about my health. Like all of the people who were interviewed, founding members, um, subsequent members, but I think that's the reason why most of us are inspired to become runners. And then all the other stuff kind of keeps you going. The, the training, the swag, the improving your time, the social aspect. But I think it, it almost always starts with, I just want to do something better for my health. I mean, what, what do you guys think about that concept from your personal experience and from runners that you know? That's absolutely why um, I got involved in running at all uh, was a visit to for a physical and the doctor saying, hey, you're uh, pre this and pre hypertensive and pre that. And I was I just knew in my mind what that looked like because I could look at examples in my family of if you don't do something now, this is where you're going to be. Um, so I'm, I made a conscious decision to become active and join the YMCA and started out running on a treadmill. Um, and my goal was to go back to have a physical where I wasn't pre anything. Mm -hmm. um, and cause I didn't, I, I just never wanted to be on medications. And so uh, that started that journey. And I think all of us probably can attest to like when we first start running, it's, it's usually not a, um, it's not a physical activity that you just fall in love with immediately. 
you, you, you probably hate it <laughs> at first and you have to continue to do it. And, and, and at some point it just clicks. Um, and it, it is so helpful to um, have a group of peers um, support, support you, um, positive peer pressure as um, some of my friends say, and um, just, you know, somebody to keep you accountable because it, you can't store up the, the fitness that you earn or the health that you earn. You can't like put it in the bank and say, okay, I ran 2000 miles this year. I'm going to put some of that fitness away and I'm not going to run as much next year. I'm going to store it up and, and, and check some of that out. So you have to uh, continuously do this. It's, it's all, you, it's, it's going to be a constant. It has, so it has to be a lifestyle change. Um, and that's definitely what triggered my um, venture into this, this sport, if you will. And um, it's, it's what keeps me motivated to continue to do it also. And it's also what gives me a little bit of, a little bit of confidence, of good feeling, even in this situation is like, I don't currently have any of those underlying conditions and I and I'm happy that I've done some things over the last 10 years to help prevent me from being in some of those circumstances and I do have asthma so that puts me in a high risk category but I that's something I can't control and that's something I've learned from Ralph too and um, being a member of South Florida and running partners and having him as a friend and as a doctor who's talked to me about like you know that's great that you do all those things, but genetics kick in and, and there are things that you just have no control over yeah. and being able to understand and accept that also. Yeah. I like the uh, Marshawn Lynch approach. If you're familiar with the former Seattle Seahawks player, he uh, talked about balance in your life in his own, uh, his own uniquely articulate way. He talked about uh, taking care of your physicals, your mentals, and your chickens. And your chickens. <laughs> Chickens refers to your financial affairs and everybody else, everybody in the world is concerned about staying balanced there and especially right now, but your mental health is, is made better by your athletic endeavors. There's no question about that. And uh, your physical health is made better by that. So take care of your mentals, your physicals and your chickens people. And um, I think you'll live a better balanced life and be the, be more, be the better for it. Yeah. And some I'm, of us will be getting some chickens in our account from the government. No, I'm still waiting soon. on my chickens. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this is, is uh, shared with the public, we'll all have some chickens in our account from, from the head chicken. Um, anyway, chicken um, but no, I think I would like to encourage everybody who's listening. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are an hour and some change into it, that means you are a runner because nobody will listen to us this long unless you are a runner. If you're listening to this, you are an ambassador for health and wellness. Whether you are the slowest runner in your group, the fastest, or anywhere in between, somebody is looking at you and somebody is, is looking up to you. And please just take pride in that, runners, and you know, just know that you know, we're, we are doing our part to make sure this underlying conditions situation is... Um, you know, approach, because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of things in the news about, you know, you know, what, what is the government going to do about all these people dying from COVID-19, da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, like Ralph mentioned, you know, organizations like South Fulton Running Partners, Black Men Run, Black Girls Run, um, you name it, running club group organizations, that's the reason why they started. And that's why we have these these clubs and organizations that are specifically targeting the African-American community, because we have known for decades that we have these disparities and we have to continue to be 
intentional about serving our community. And that's what part of the race's mission, you know, that's what we're all about. So thank you, Dr. Ralph, for, you know, bringing some of that to us. Right. My it. pleasure. And happy birthday. Uh, yes, yeah, tomorrow. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Ralph. Happy birthday, Ralph. Hey, you guys. Okay, so um, as in the last, the conversation we were just having about why people start running and the groups that are out there and the main reason those groups were started was to keep encourage people to be active and uh, uh, think about their health and, and do things to help um, make their health better those groups are still operating in this moment and still doing things to try to keep people active and to motivate people to get out and be active even though we have social distancing and shelter in place um, in most of the country. Uh, so for example, I'm a member of um, South Ford and Running Partners. And one of the things that we pride ourselves on is first of all, the 40, we're in our 41st year. So the 40 year history prior to this year, we never missed a run, a Saturday run, no matter what was going on, rain, snow, hail. I've almost run in a tornado with these guys. It's just crazy. <laughs> Some of the stuff that you end up um, doing uh, with, <laughs> with your peers but even now we've um so on saturday mornings what we normally do is we meet at 7 30 um in the spring eight o'clock in the fall and we circle up as a family first um we introduce guests uh we say a prayer before we run and then we take off the run and then we come back and we get together and we socialize so because of uh COVID-19 we're not able to do that in that way anymore but we went to a virtual version of that where on Saturday mornings, we still circle up via Zoom. Uh, we circle up for 10 minutes at about 8.25. We take off for our runs at 7.35. So we run individually and we come back and uh, circle back up again via Zoom. So it's, it's, you know, it's not the same thing. Nobody's trying to act like it's the same thing, but it is something to keep us motivated, keep us um, accountable. And, and something that I actually look forward to on Saturday mornings um, because that's been so much a part of my life for the last I've been a partner now for seven or eight years, and that's literally what I do on Saturday mornings. Every Saturday morning, I know where I'm going to be, wherever South Fork running partners are. So those type of things, and then we take pictures while running, um, and, and we share those pictures on social media to encourage other people who are not necessarily members of the group. And a lot of the other um, running groups, um, Black Girls Run, Black Men Run, they're all doing these type of uh, kind of virtual things through social media mm -hmm. to keep people engaged and keep people active and keep people thinking about their health, which <laughs> right now is, is really more important than ever um, where we have this uh, pandemic of something that we've never had or encountered before. We don't have an immunity to it. Uh, so the one of the best things that we can do is, is keep our health as good as possible to help combat it just in case you do come in contact with it. Um, I know you was, you showed me where Black Girls Run is, is doing a six-week. Um, yeah, so BGR is launching their virtual, they're calling it the Global, oh, so they're global. leading up the Global Run Day. Yeah, so they're doing a lead up to Global Run Day, six-week virtual challenge, and you can find all this out on blackgirlsrunvirtualchallenge.com. So they're doing a super cool thing where you can get a shirt, you can get a, a training program, they're going to do weekly prizes. I know JL, their CEO, JL, she has been doing um, walks with JL every Friday on IG. So just an example of 
just keeping the community engaged. I, I love what Black Girls Run's doing. I'm probably gonna sign up for this virtual and get me give me some swag and just again just the support too i that's my main thing i want to support these organizations so that they're right. still here and functioning on the other side of this yeah yeah um and then uh the atlanta track club if i'm not mistaken Darrell, there's some virtual um trainings and preparate are, are they doing the virtual trainings now to prepare for uh the peace tree yeah, so Peachtree training has shifted to virtual. Okay. Um, you know, just had the Atlanta Women's 5K, which was conducted virtually as well. Um, so just like all these other groups you mentioned, um, Track Club has also shifted virtual. Uh, offices have been closed and all of the um, meetings for the board have all been virtual via Zoom. So, yep, virtual training for the uh, Peachtree Road Race, which is also um, still not canceled at yes. this point. So. At this point. Okay. It's not canceled. <laughs> yeah, so DRC, um, and it's just a great example of one of the kind of larger run run crews across the nation. And, you know, you can kind of insert various run crews, but they are keeping up social media. They're doing, um, connecting with their members. They're not meeting. So none of these groups are meeting. Um, they have been very adamant about making sure that, um, that meetups aren't happening in large groups. And if you are meeting up with one person or two people, you know, making sure you maintain a social distancing. Um, and then a lot of the crews too are figuring out ways to give back to their communities, uh, doing donation drives or um, supporting the um, people who are members of the groups that are healthcare workers or frontline um, workers. So I really love seeing, you know, I go on all the social medias throughout the week just to kind of check in and see what everybody's doing. Um, right. But yeah, and then even um, organizations like um, Black Runners Connection, which is more of like a Facebook group. Um, I love like checking in there because there's runners from all over the country that post what's going on in their cities and their states. And the thing about this whole thing that really is intriguing to me is that we literally are all going through it. It's like, literally. it might not be as intense in certain areas, but everybody's on lockdown. Everybody's socialist, like this, these terms are worldwide. It's not just, oh, that's happening up in New York or, oh, that's happening in China. We're all going through it. So yeah. <clears throat> we can take away a lot of learnings from this, from this time. Yeah, and just individually, even on social media, I've seen um, some of my social media friends and, and personal friends. Um, actually, uh, Roy is doing a running pyramid where it starts with one mile for one day, two miles for two days, three miles for three days. Um, I thought that was interesting. I think he, did, did he get that from you, Darrell? No, he did not get that Okay. He did um, tell me about it though. So okay. he's so, He told me that he got that from uh, Philip, Philip King. Yeah. Okay. I think came up with that. It, it's something that yesterday I was in the shower and I started doing the math, trying to figure out how many miles it was and how many days. Um, I did it for him already. So it starts out with 18 miles as week one and you eventually work your way up to 70 miles because you're running uh, right. 10 miles, a day 10 days for, in a row. So that would be right. a 70 mile week. No, I was talking about total miles. I think it came up to oh, 384. Three, you know? Yeah, something like that. 384 and 50 some odd days, 55 odd days. So yeah, there's so, a, right. a lot of interesting things that runners are um, runners are doing o online that 
you know, keep people motivated. And I, I just think people should, you know, try your best to stay motivated. It's, it's not as easy. And I, I will admit myself, I have not been as active as I normally would mm-hmm. outside of quarantine. Um, because I would normally get to my Saturday runs, get to my Tuesday and Thursday runs, do whatever run I'm going to do on the treadmill. And now it's a little bit more of a task to yeah. get up and come downstairs in my basement and run on the treadmill or even go out for a run. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's uh, see what Shanta can tell us about the fitness world outside of running. What's going on with that, Shanta? I mean, there's there's a lot going on out there in the fitness world outside of just virtual runs and things like that. So even though we're not able to go to a physical brick and mortar, um, these businesses and trainers are still finding ways to engage us, to keep us moving, to strive to have better health. Um, Whether it's some of our past fitness partnerships or our current, I'll definitely say, um, definitely check out Effect Fitness. Um, They are doing something wonderful, which I've always thought to get us, our African-American community moving. Um, so they're doing virtual workouts three days a week, um, five days out the week. So you can definitely check out their Instagram for more, uh, information, more details. Um, we also have partnership with, uh, Camp Gladiator. They're doing like a, a five week camp, correct test? Yeah. Five week virtual camp. And we'll link the, all the details for all these in our show notes. Okay. Um, and then we have, um, Coco Chanel, um, she's on our race committee. She does a lot of things with our, uh, social media engagement and things like that. Um, but she's also, um, uh, a fitness trainer. So she's doing, um, virtual trainings every Tuesday at 7 PM. Um, we'll definitely link her IG information so you can check that out. Um, definitely don't want to forget about like vibe rides. Um, they're doing virtual trainings, whether it's live or on demand. And, and I'll definitely say most of these tra- uh, live classes are free. Um, but you know, they can always appreciate some in-kind donation or something like that. So yeah, and we have a new partner that we're going to be um, betting. They're actually kind of an interesting story. It's a new um, fitness facility called Relentless Fitness. And they were literally scheduled to open the end of March. So they had to quickly pivot and put all of their classes online. And I look, I talked to the um, the founders and told them, you know, it could be a blessing because you're really going to get a chance to vet your your processes. Um, so once we get through all of this, their trainers are going to know how to teach people without being able to see them. And by the time we get to, you know, they can get to opening up their facility. It's going to be on the west side um, of Atlanta, which is where the race runs through. So Relentless Fitness. We're going to um, offer some opportunities for people to try out their virtual classes. And again, the cool thing about the virtual, any of, anybody listening to this, you can tap in. So uh, I know I've done a Relentless Fitness. I'm doing some Camp Gladiator tomorrow. Have any of you guys done any virtual workouts, whether it be like an ab class or a yoga or anything like that? Have y'all tried it? Mm-hmm. I've done, like I said, I've done the Effect Fitness. Um, I know I signed up for like Peloton. I've done like a yoga class from Peloton. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just I'm up for trying anything, whether it's uh, abs. You know, I'm always finding some live workouts on Instagram. So, but I will say, not every trainer on IG Live is putting out good content. Like I just <laughs> some of these places just to watch to see what they're doing. Yeah, that goes without saying. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all sound like y'all got some stories to tell. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. Me and Shanta, you know, we, of course, tech throughout the day. And um, from an entertainment standpoint, 
you know, everybody's doing these DJ sets and concerts. So uh, the singer Lettucey went on live and please, I hope she does hear this actually. She went on there and was just on there just talking. She had like 2000 people on there. We were like, are you gonna sing? Or are you just gonna talk to us? And she literally sang one song and then logged off. We were like, okay. So now I'm hesitant with these artists going on and doing their little IG lives, but. The artists are trying to figure out. I have to defend, I gotta defend, I gotta defend the artists. <laughs> they're, they're trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going yeah, on. They're really doing some cool things, like with the whole battles. You know, I really, I'm really digging that between whether it's producers. Oh, I can't wait till this Saturday. Are you looking? You going to the one this Saturday? Babyface and Teddy Riley. Oh, that's gonna be yeah. done on IG Live this Saturday. Oh, that's gonna be yeah. Everyone's Darrell, looking forward to that. Darrell, I'm gonna give you access to my IG just so you can watch this. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be the part. I, that, I, that's another podcast. Don't let me. Don't get me started. In that. I saw a couple of them on YouTube. Did you, did you see the RZA and uh, premiere? I saw a little bit of it. I didn't see the whole. It was taking too long to start because yeah. RZA it was. was yeah. But once it started, <laughs> let me turn up real quick. It was. I, pro, I mean, that's my era. So I was just. Yeah, yeah. I was. I had chill bumps all night. Those are like two of my favorite producers. Um, for those of you who don't I, know I consider me, I that my era too, even though it probably isn't, but I got into rap at a pretty young age. So some of right. my earliest memories, uh, certainly Wu. I mean, right. like Wu-Tang just, I don't know, man. It was, anyway. Booker, how, how do you feel about like all these like artists and they're giving out their, their free content? Do you think it's a cool I thing? love it. Um, you know, it's interesting because I'm currently teaching uh, two classes that are directly related to this. So at the university, I'm teaching an uh, introduction to the music industry, and I'm also teaching a class that I wrote called Urban Music and Audio Production. Mm -hmm. So I have actually assigned my students in my urban music class to watch the battle on IG Live and comment and then come back and we're going to have a discussion via our um, iCollege system. It's our virtual system that we use for class where they're going to discuss like what they learn what they thought about the experience. Um, and a lot of them are entrepreneurs. They, they want to get into the music industry and start businesses. So That's dope. We're all, I'm trying to get them to all think about what it is about what's happening now that they could take from it and, and apply to a business. Like how, because you know, artists aren't making any money. Yeah. Artists need to tour That's to make nice. money because of the way they do nice it. Doing okay. <laughs> be nice maybe, but if it is, it's only through like his cash app thing. Yeah. So you follow what I'm saying? Like outside of this, D nice is going to be great because of all of the tie-ins he's made. He's mm. setting up for later. But as far as you know, most artists have deals. I'm about to lecture, but anyway, my, most artists have what's called a 360 deal, meaning they don't make a lot of money off of music that they sell mechanical yeah. royalties because of streaming service and people, nobody wants to pay for music. So they make their money touring and nobody can tour. DJs can't do parties. Uh, promoters can't promote parties. So that whole income is completely gone. So there are a lot of, a lot of your favorite artists are wishing they had the $30,000 they made it rain with at <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Trust yeah. me, at, right yeah. at this moment, because that money's not coming in and, and as much money as they bring in, a lot of them live check to check, just like the Irish person. Um, let's get back to running. <laughs> Tess, um, we know you have a million and one things going on and maybe under quarantine, you have 999,099 instead of a million. <laughs> but what's, what's going on with running nerds? What are you guys doing to uh, keep the community motivated? Well, you know, I feel a huge responsibility as a runner, race director, running community leader, to keep our community motivated, like you said. So 
Um, what we've been doing through Running Nerds, so all Running Nerds channels, the race is under the Running Nerds and ban banner. Of course, our race series, Run Social Race Series. Um, we're running kind of a campaign of stay active, stay connected, stay positive. So you see that messaging coming from us throughout um, all of our social platforms, our emails. I found myself saying it a lot. I'm becoming like a tagline on that. But hey, if, if that's what you remember us from, once we get to the other side of this, I'm cool with that. Um, I've dusted off my coaching certification and started a training team. And we've got about 25 uh, runners and walkers from beginner all the way to like marathoners that don't have any thing to train for right now. So they just want an accountability group. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Run Social, our race series, we've had three events in our series that have had to be postponed or canceled. And we're going to be announcing a virtual race next week or well, virtual challenge. I don't want to call it a virtual race. It's going to be a virtual challenge to kind of um, take up some of the, the interests that we have for our um, live events. And then uh, our West Midtown Run Club, which meets on Wednesdays in West Midtown, Atlanta. We are not meeting, but we're still every Wednesday. I post some, some kind of motivation there. Um, and then I wanted to mention one of our partners, and this is a race charitable partner, as well as one of Running Nerds partners, Girls on the Run, Atlanta is hosting a virtual 5K. It's a free event. So you can go in and sign up for it and basically complete any distance, any activity. We're just asking for people to complete 30 to 40 minutes of exercise in the, in the name of the Girls on the Run. Um, the, our race would have been on April 25th, so we're doing it that weekend. It's going to be really fun. So um, sign your families up for it. If you uh, feel inclined, they are accepting donations in lieu of registration fees. Um, so I would love to see all of you guys sign up and do your run in, in the in the name of Girls on the Run and support that program. So just trying to trying to stay um, ahead of the motivation. Like I think we have a huge responsibility. So that kind of takes us into what what is the race going to be doing through these next few months. So yeah. we're again optimistic, hopeful. Uh, planning. We're still going to have our monthly team meetings, planning the race. We're working the race on... race not canceled. Yeah, it is not canceled. We're going to um, be putting out our uh, sponsor partner application in the next week or so. Volunteer registration is going to open up. And we, we certainly understand that there's going to be a lot of hesitancy now for people to register, for people to sign up for volunteer roles. Um, we're going to be reaching out to our charity partners to see seeing how they're doing and how they want to be involved. But we want to continue to, to plan and proceed. So our uh, cool thing that we're going to um, uh, launch next week, and again, this is April 15th, so you might be hearing this after we launch it. We're going to encourage racers to get out, do a solo run, rep your city, rep your hood, support Black-owned businesses, support local businesses. Because um, again, there's a lot of businesses struggling right now. And your support, if you're able, is gonna be the only thing that keeps them going through this time. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna launch a campaign just to continue to support those businesses, support the race, y'all. Like we need your support too. <clears throat> um, and tag us on Facebook, Instagram, social media, um, and just get out there and stay active and motivate people like we've talked about. So you can you, you can follow me um, on Instagram at uh, Triple B Producer. 
and that's the same on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm just oh, wait, Twitter. That's still a thing, right? Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's still a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I also do. Uh, if you're interested in anything music and audio related, I have a YouTube page, um, Noise Reduction. Um, that's N-O-I-Z Reduction mm -hmm. on YouTube. And of course, you can stay connected with the race at the race underscore UC on Instagram and at the race UC on Facebook. And of course, you can always follow Running Nerds on YouTube. Yes. And uh, likewise, you can follow me personally. Um, I mean, if you know my name, you can follow me, my name on Facebook. Um, and on Instagram, I'm at Running Nerds and at Run Social Atlanta. Um, the Running Nerds YouTube channel is where we house all of our Running Nerds content videos. So that includes the race, run social, anything Running Nerds. And I've been doing these weekly videos as well, just kind of sharing my thoughts on the current state of running and race directing. So yeah, that's how you can find me. Keep in touch. Darrell, don't you, am I not, am I mistaken? Don't you have a YouTube blog vlog now or? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. I have um, a total of nine subscribers. Yeah, let's give me the dose. I'm one of them. I'm going to be 10 tonight. Let me do that. Man. So, but the, so probably the easiest way to find it is, is to just go through my website, uh, which is darrellruns.com. D-A-R-E-L-R-U-N-S.com. And then if you go there, you'll see a link that says my YouTube and you can back into it. Keep people motivated, positive stay connected and i'm just really looking forward to october getting all the people together maybe hug maybe not depending on how you feel but at least girl <laughs> says no hugging, no hugging. <laughs> yeah, we're, gonna gonna up, we're gonna be throwing up the wakanda sign at, at each other but um but rest assured guys we're all about your safety your comfort uh, and most importantly just keeping you excited and motivated and positive so Thank you so much for listening. We're signing off. And uh, our next broadcast podcast will probably be in August. So we'll be excited to share what's coming down the pipe as we get closer to race weekend. So y'all have a good one. God bless you. Stay safe. Peace. Is that right? Oh, did you do it again? What is going on? She's back. <laughs> I don't trust that, so I'm about to log on to my Wi-Fi. Tess, we, we decided that we're going to launch a new GoFundMe so we can get you a better router. <laughs> no, this hasn't happened before. I hear some rumbling thunder. <laughs> I hear some rumbling of thunder outside. I'm what? <laughs> You're in the matrix. Go, go. All right, I'm keeping all this in there. If this is in the recording, it's all gonna stay in this. Anyway. <laughs>